you already saw the fucking title of this video, so if you clicked it, you know what you're in for. If you're here to disagree about my points, feel free to comment down below. Or if you're just here to dislike the video, um, feel free to do that, freedom of speech and whatnot. This video is mostly for the younger version of me out there. The guys who are on the fence. Oh, should I become an EMT or a paramedic in the future? This seems so fucking rad, dude. This video is for you. Don't fucking do it. Um, but again, you can read the comments below that are probably disagreeing with me. So anyways, I'm going to start with the disclaimer. Disclaimer is going to be a little long. That's what she said. Um, Timestamps are in the description to skip the disclaimer and for where each one of my bullet points starts. You can just skip through. Um, to start off with the disclaimer, take everything I say with a grain of salt. A little bit about me. I started work three years, uh, working three years as an EMT in an IFT company. For all you normies out there, IFT stands for Interfacility Transport. What that means is that you're working on an ambulance as an EMT and you're mostly transporting people from house or nursing home to their uh, hospital appointments or doing hospital discharges back to home to or to a nursing home or you're bringing people to dialysis appointments back. Uh, pretty much non-critical calls. Occasionally you get a critical call from hospital A to hospital B because a patient in hospital A is having a stroke but hospital A is not a stroke center, so we have to bring him code three, code three means lights and sirens, to a stroke center. But besides those uh, rare critical calls, most of, your, uh, most of it was it was definitely non-emergency stuff. Like, it, basically you call 911, you're not getting an IFT ambulance for the most part, unless your county is really busy level zero and, or your county doesn't give a shit about you, so they contract some crappy private company. And again, what level zero means is that means there's zero available ambulances for your entire county. Um, again, I'm making this easy for the normies. So to continue, after working, doing three years of EMT as an IFT company, uh, I did I worked for two years as a paramedic in 911 um, in the city. I'm not going to name any names, locations, or any companies I work for, any people or partners I work for because of the EMS Mafia. EMS stands for Emergency Medical Services. The EMS Mafia, they'll attack me with their fucking lawyers and they'll sue me for slander. And honestly, they, they look, they, if you look at my paycheck, you know I got no fucking money for any of that shit. And I'm not even trying to um, talk shit or slander. I'm just trying to pretty much speak what happened to me and why I believe this is a dead-end career. Um, so to continue, the official reason why I was fired from the city one, the official reason was because I made an offensive joke. The real reason was because I was coming into work every day with a super bad attitude and they were trying to find a way to fire me for a long time. This is what the conclusion I came to thinking about hindsight, why I got fired. After that, I tried to do 911 in a place, oh, slash company. I'm just going to call it suburbs. And unfortunately, I failed out of paramedic training in the suburbs, even after having two years of working in 911 in a very busy city, having a lot of critical fucking calls under my belt. I still somehow failed out of paramedic training, but it is what it is. Only one you can blame uh, is myself. Lesson for life. Only one person you can ever blame for anything is yourself because you're the only one who can fucking fix shit. Ain't nobody going to fix stuff for you. So, with that said, I'm definitely a person who's been burned by EMS, so you can see why there's some salt behind my words. So again, take everything I say with a grain of salt, be like, oh, this shit's, this dude's just fucking salty about what happened. Fair enough. But I am going to try to keep this video as objective and fair as possible. And again, it's this is for those young kids straight out of high school really wondering if they want to make this a career, or for all those career changer people who are thinking about, I'm trying to just make this video for you to warn you guys. So, without further ado, um, I'm just going to start off with my first bullet point. I'm, uh, I just have bullet points in front of me. I don't have anything, uh, a script or anything. I'm just fucking freestyling this shit like a fucking rapper. What's up? Um, so, bullet point number one. EMS is a toxic work environment. This isn't even just honestly about EMS. Like, uh, this, is, this toxic work environment is for healthcare in general, to be honest. But anyways, to start... You know, you you get it when you see like those fucking people out there, those people who are really insecure about themselves, um, and don't have low self confidence internally. So what they do is, in order to make themselves feel better, they like to break other people down. You, I'm 
but you, um, obviously you guys see people like that around you in your everyday life. Take that number of people and turn it to 80% of the people who work in healthcare, not just paramedicine in healthcare. The a huge thing about EMS is everyone all everyone always wants to make sure they don't want to make sure they're a good paramedic. They want to make sure they're seen as a good paramedic. And the easy way to do that is by saying, oh, that paramedic over there, that EMT, he fucking sucks. He's a piece of shit. I'm a good paramedic. I'm a good EMT. Why? Not because I ran good calls or because I do good at my job. I'm good because that guy fucking sucks there. That guy's stock is low. Therefore, my stock is up. So a lot of it is people like to bring people down and talk shit about other people's skills because um, they want to make themselves feel better. Another thing why it's like this is because of EMS, how EMS training started in the first place. EMS in general has a super fucking huge boner for the military. Military is awesome, but I don't understand why they have this huge boner for the military. And by the military training specifically, EMS really likes that the way that the military they talk shit and break down all their um, soldiers and recruits. The thing about the military, though, that no one ever really thinks about is... They don't just break you down. They break you down and make you feel like shit. And then they build you back up. A good paramedic preceptor will do the exact same thing. He'll break you down, make you feel like shit. But then he'll build you back up, make you feel confident. Because you you need confidence in this fucking job. It, it fucking sucks. The only people who need confidence in this job are, ner are um, sorry, doctors and paramedics. Nurses don't need confidence. They don't. They just need to follow the orders. And you need confidence in this job because if you don't, your patients don't trust you, the firefighter paramedics don't trust you, your team doesn't trust you, the people you're giving a report to, they don't trust you. It's just a huge fucking shit snowball falling fucking down the hill if you don't have confidence. So, again, with the military, every EMS likes to focus that the, the military breaks people down, but they always forget that they build people up. So you'll go around in EMS all the time and they're like, yeah, my preceptor, my FTO trainer, he was a piece of shit and broke me down a bit and made me strong and stuff. So I'm going to be a piece of shit to everyone else. But again, again, they forget that last sentence, that they built me up. So it's full of a bunch of people who are just breaking other people down, but they don't take the time to fucking build them up. They take the time to break your, break your window, but they don't fucking fix it up and make it stronger. Those are some people in EMS. And the other people in EMS still break you down because they just want to feel that their dicks are big. It's honestly just a big fucking dick measuring contest. And again, for a toxic work environment, you're stuck in a fucking ambulance box for 12 hours. And honestly, there's less than five people, I can say, who definitely have my back in, in here. Like, no one... And most of and all of them are paramedic slash EMTs. Like no one really has your back. Patients don't have your back. Firefighters don't have your back. Nurses don't have your back. Doctors don't have your back. Literally, a lot of times the only person you could trust is the person sitting next to you. And sometimes you can't even trust that, to be honest, which it fucking sucks. Um so yeah, again, I think I mentioned that. Yeah, the training, they break you down. FTO EMT trainers, paramedic trainers, they like to show how big your dick is by beating up the new guy instead of teaching him. Um, like, there was one exception to the rule, and this was when I was in paramedic school. I did a lot of clinical time in, um, I did a lot of clinical time in the hospital because I sucked. You need 160 hours of clinical hospital time in paramedic school. I did 360. I volunteered for the 200 extra hours because I was like, oh, I fucking need them. Definitely learned a lot in the hospital. And this is one moment I remember. There's a huddle in uh, the beginning of the ER. And there's this great fucking nurse. Um, I shadowed her for a few of my shifts there. She wasn't the regular nurse I shadowed, but she, I did see her work. And she, I can definitely say her assessments are on point. She was a good fucking nurse. But in this huddle... Um, the director was like, hey, yo, hey, shoddy, can you tell me your uh, amiodarone dose for um, a cardiac arrest? It's 300 milligrams, by the way. And she wasn't able to. That's a fucking nurse in a cardiac arrest. That's a question that anyone should be able to come up with fast. And again, I'm not, I ain't talking shit. And this, the, what the director said really stuck with me. Because if this happened in an ambulance, in EMS, if someone came up to you and asked you, what's your amiodarone dose for a cardiac arrest, and you didn't come up, they would berate the shit out of you. They would 
call you stupid, they would fucking go around the corner and talk shit to other people and tell, oh, this guy's a shit medic, he doesn't know his amiodos. What this director at ER did, he did the exact opposite. He said, he was like a detective, he was like, hey, hey, Shotty, when was the last time you worked um, a cardiac um, arrest? Like, uh, and she's like, oh, I did run one recently. And she's like, were you on meds? And she's like, no. When was the last time you were on um, med station on a cardiac arrest? And she's like, Huh, yeah, I can't remember. It's been a long time since I've, like, worked an IO and pushed my EBI, my bicarb, my AMIO. It's been a while. And he's like, hmm. So, you see, he's trying to figure out why she doesn't know it. Actually trying to get to the root of the problem. Why is there a deficit in knowledge instead of just fucking berating someone? And he came up with a solution. He was like, hey, you know, we have an ACLS class um, coming up. Feel free to come take it so you can get a refresher. You'll definitely get paid for all that and shit. So... That's not how EMS is. That guy is the exception to rule, and he was fucking awesome, the director of that ER. And I ain't saying names, even though he's a great dude, just because I ain't a fucking snitch. So anyways, on to the next point. So on to bullet point number two. Injuries are unfortunately a huge part of EMS. If you talk to anyone, anyone who's been an EMT slash paramedic slash firefighter for five years or above, they'll all tell you they've all had at least one on the work on the job injury. And so just look at the statistics. Again, I'm freestyling this shit, so I don't got none of that smart fucking statistics shit that's in front of me. But if you look at them, back injuries are fucking huge in EMS. Like, Hey, you're not, this is not a normie, a safe normie office job. You're out there fucking moving and you're carrying some fat motherfuckers out there and you get hurt. People get hurt. Um, that's the unfortunate truth of it. And the shitty thing is it's not just an injury. It, a lot of times it has financial consequences with it. Like for the most part, a lot of EMS, we do not work in the government sector, the government sector, you know, is obviously, you mean government, you're working for a fire department or whatnot. A lot of us work for private companies. And everyone knows that private companies only care about a profit and not paying money. So a lot of times, if you get injured and you can't prove that it's an on-work injury, it becomes extremely more difficult to get to get um, your doctor appointments paid for and all that crap with a private company. Um and that's even like that's pretty much a huge thing and there's a limited amount of times that you can get disability and of course those are real the minor fucking injuries the major injuries which are still far in between but unfortunately they're still present in ems are the fucking injuries the ones those guys they herniate a disc or they get a huge shitty fucking hernia to their goddamn testicles or that, that one's usually treatable but not the herniated disc one and they gotta be out they can't work in an ambulance, a box, a truck for the rest of their lives. They're completely out. And if you get injured on the private sector, and, a, and if you get a career-ending injury on the private sector, you're fucking done. You can't do shit. You can't do anything else in EMS unless you magically fucking recover. And if you magically recover, you're fucking getting a shitty trophy. Oh, what? Now I can work in a box making fucking pennies again? You know. Um... Oh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, injuries are a huge thing, and you don't want those big injuries that get, get you disabled for life. Again, those are rare. Or more likely, what you're going to get is a recurring injury. Most EMS guys uh, will have it. They're like, oh, yeah, I got a bum knee, I got a bum lumbar, blah, blah, blah. You don't want to get that recurring injury from a shitty job. You know, you'd rather get that recurring injury from doing something badass on your off days, like rock climbing or, you know, something... Badass, it's not so fucking bullshit like EMS. Um, yeah, again, you know, watch out for your back, watch out for your testicles or hernias and stuff, your wrists, your shoulders, your elbows. A lot of things get injured. Um, yeah. And okay, so up to point number three. Nice segue from point number two. You can't make a career out of EMS. It's, it's not a fucking career. Let's compare EMS or a paramedic slash firefighter to pretty much uh, nurses. It's very easy to compare. If you're a nurse, in uh, this is from my time in, uh, in the hospital talking to nurses, if you're a nurse, you aren't considered a veteran until you have like 30 years on you. 10 years is, oh, your feet is wet. 
you got your feet wet. You've been you've been there for a minute. Twenty years is like you're getting there. You're getting there. You've been there longer than the ten year people. Your feet have all. You're not just your feet. Your fucking abs are wet now. But you're not a veteran. You're not there yet. Thirty years, boom, you're a veteran. Everyone else can eat your fucking shit and bow down. Now let's compare that to paramedics. Paramedics, you know, once you are a tenure as a paramedics, uh, once you have tenures on your belt as a paramedic, you're considered a veteran. Once you, if you're, uh, once you have two years as a paramedic, you are considered, oh, I got my feet wet. But you're not there yet. You got, you just got your feet wet. That's the equivalent to a tenure as a nurse. Once uh, you are a paramedic for five years, that's the equivalent of a nurse for 20 years, meaning your abs are fucking wet, but you're not a veteran yet, but you're getting there. Once you get your 10 years as a paramedic, now you're a fucking veteran. Look at the contrast in the fucking years, two to five, five to 20, and 10 to 30. Huge amount. Why is that there's such a huge discrepancy? Number one, burnout. The education to become a nurse a doctor, to finish your residency as a doctor, to do uh, as a PA, a surgeon, incredibly much harder than paramedic school, way harder. However, I'm going to say this from doing 360 hours in hospital time, shadowing nurses doing a lot of the stuff that they do in the hospital. I, so I'm going to say this, working as a paramedic is way harder. It's just way harder on your body, especially on your body, again, with the lifting. Um, a lot harder on your body and a lot more taxating on your fucking mind. Um, it's just to do that for 30 years in EMS, like very few people make it that way. The burnout is just fucking huge. And so this is uh, going to go on a little bit of a segue there, but it kind of makes sense. So just bear with me. One of my favorite partners when I was working in the city was this EMT, super experienced EMT, had 20 years, 20 plus years in the field, real experienced dude, really nice guy, super positive, he was a super fucking Christian dude, super strong and positive and shit, like one time we had this fucking psych patient and he calmed her down with the power of Jesus, it was like a fucking uh, infomercial, it's like the power of God fucking compels you, now you will calm, shut the fuck up and calm down, boom, and it fucking worked, Jesus, hallelujah, it worked. So, again, this really positive Christian dude, and even he had a negative outlook on EMS, this positive Christian guy. He said, I remember his words, I don't remember them exactly, but this is what he said. There are only three ways people get out of EMS. You either get injured, you go crazy, or you become a supervisor. Those are your three fucking options in EMS, and that is really true. You get injured to the point that you had to quit, you just go crazy, your mind, again, this job is very mentally taxing, you just can't fucking deal with this, so you quit, you bounce, I'm out, I'm burnt, and, or, see, you become a fucking soup, you want to become a soup, then become a fucking dick, snitch out on your coworkers, and eat a bunch of goddamn donuts, boom, you're a soup, um, yeah, so that's, uh, and this goes on to my next sort of bullet point about why you can't make a career out of EMS, there is zero growth in here, Literally, once you become a, once you get your paramedic license, whoop the fucking do, you're a paramedic. Very little growth. Let's compare that with doctors and nurses. Doctors, you get your, you finish residency. You can go to special, you can specialize again with nurses. Nurses can specialize a lot too. Um, you can go to other departments and stuff. Um, paramedics, no, a 10 year paramedic, a new paramedic, they're pretty much making the same amount of money. They have the same title. The 10-year paramedics want to make a little bit more money because of uh, seniority and whatnot. But pretty much they're the same fucking, they're the same fucking step on the staircase. Um, and the, another reason why there's no growth, nurses and doctors. You get your license, you, you, everyone's heard of fucking traveling nurses. You get your license as a nurse or a doctor, you can go anywhere in the country. Anywhere. Paramedics. National Registry and REMT, National Registry for EMT, that is a whole load of fucking horseshit. You cannot go anywhere in the country. What I mean by that is because of fucking counties. Literally county lines. You can go from five miles past a county line to the next county, and medicine will completely change for a paramedic. And I'm going to tell and say this. Anyone who thinks that they fucking know anything about medicine is fucking full of horse shit. Medicine is always fucking changing, and honestly, we're just finding new shit about medicine right now. 
we used to, right now we for like example for traumas for traumas we still say keep them warm there's hospitals in like the buttfuck midwest mississippi or buttfuck midwest thing where they're finding out they're doing hypo uh, they're doing therapeutic hypothermia for fucking traumas and it's having some good outcomes whether that'll become the new fucking um status quo is still uh developing because they're still doing studies on it but they've been having some good outcomes so if anyone says oh we do medicine like this we give drug dosages like this like it's really based on fucking nothing and it can change like a, like with a fucking snap of a finger so that's another thing about why paramedics, you have really no growth, you can't really move through the country, is because of fucking counties. Medicine can literally change from five miles past the county line, your drug dosages change, your equipment changes, uh, there's all this huge fucking changes, versus like a nurse and a doctor, medicine is medicine, it stays relatively the same, uh, they don't really have to worry about it too much. And this will tie in back with... Number one, the toxic uh, bullet point number one, the toxic work environment. You go from county to county, that means you got to deal with another toxic trainer, another toxic FTO, someone who wants to just fail you so that they can prove that their dick is big. And just someone who doesn't want to bring you aside and help you learn. They just want to fucking bring you down so that they can feel better about themselves. You go from literally five miles to 10 miles, you try to go from county to county, chances are you're going to keep getting a shitty fucking trainer each time. Now, there's definitely a saying about nurses. There's a saying that nurses eat their own young. It's true. People in healthcare are typically like that. Definitely more so in EMS, however. Uh, and at least, like, nurses are pretty mean to nurses in training. But if you're a nurse and you're just new to the hospital, they're typically not as mean as how paramedics are to each other. Uh, so you're going to have to deal with that bullshit from every single fucking county, um, you go to. Um, on to bullet point number four, not enough money in EMS. Um, that's like the big thing, like definitely that toxic work environment. It's definitely nurses have to deal with that. Doctors have to deal with that. Paramedics have to deal with that. One thing that nurses and doctors don't have to deal with that is being compensated fine. They make fucking money. We don't. Nurses are nurses eat their own young, but at the same time, they get in fucking bank. Doctors are super passive-aggressive and make sure feel stupid, but they get in fucking money and bitches. Paramedics, we don't get money or, or bitches. Uh, that, that changes from person to person. Um, I can't, like, um, again, I'm trying to be transparent, but I can't remember how much money I made as a t um, starting as an IFT uh, EMT. But I remember specifically that I made less money than uh, my friends who are lifeguards. Lifeguards have a lot of responsibility too. But uh, I mean, in and in and out, in and out, pretty much paid more than what the lifeguards were making and what an EMT and an IFT company can make. In and out pays more. In and out treats their employees well, though, and they're honestly kind of the exception to the fast food rule. Um, when I became a paramedic uh, in the city. Sorry, just burping up over here and crap. Um, when I became a paramedic in the city, I was making, I can't, I'm trying to remember now. Because uh, I worked initially a nighttime differential, which upped my pay, I believe I was making $21 an hour. $21 an hour, sorry, burping, over, burping fucking uh, gas over here and shit. I was making $21 an hour with a nighttime differential, which upped it to, I believe, about $23 an hour, something like that. Uh, and with two years in there, I eventually started making $25 an hour. Pretty much, you get a dollar extra an hour per year. Um, and I know some people listening to this will be like, wow, that's a lot of money. To put it to perspective, where I was working in the city... Pretty much, if you made less than $100,000 a year in where I was working, you were considered low income. Definitely, $25 an hour was, and again, that was after two years. So let's just bring it back to, let's bring it back to $21 an hour. Because let's take out a nighttime differential. $21 an hour for a paramedic to do what we did was not enough for where we were living. It may be, that might be a lot of money. If you're working as a paramedic in the buttfuck, you know, Midwest or uh, something where um, prices are pretty cheap. Obviously, prices are cheap, but, but the paramedic jobs aren't there. 
places in the Midwest, it's usually volunteer firefighters and volunteer paramedics for the most part. A lot of counties, a lot of places don't like to uh, put in money because, again, there's not enough money. There's no profit. Um, and then and um, working in now one in the suburbs for a little while before I unfortunately failed out of training. I was pretty much making $21 an hour with a little bit of with daily overtime. And if I went over 12 hours because it was always 12 hour shifts, it was turned into daily double time, uh, which still... Again, with the area uh, where less than 100000 was low income, wasn't that great. You could work, to put that into perspective, most EMTs slash paramedics are making um, under $20 an hour. Again, living costs change from area to area, but you can expect to make shit fucking money to work a lot of fucking hours uh, and long fucking days. Another thing to put it for perspective... All my normie friends who got unemployment from um, Corona are making more money than I than I did when I was working. They were making more money a week from unemployment checks than I was when I was uh, working in the uh, now one in the city and now one in the suburbs. So unemployment makes more money, and you can't get unemployment because you're a shitty fucking health worker. Again, that's another shout out to the nurses and doctors who can't get free unemployment checks either because of Corona. All the normies get it easy, so that's another career thing you should think about becoming a normie. Because um, then, when the next pandemic gets in, you get to get free money. On to the next bullet point, which is pretty related. Bullet point number five: long work hours slash long work days. EMS, it's uh, dispatchers for EMS do eight-hour shifts. Police usually do ten-hour shifts. Again. This can vary from area to area, but this is from my experience. Paramedics, always 12-hour shifts. 20 to 12s to 24s, actually. So 12, uh, what a 12-hour shift consists of is this. Waking up, going to work, go home, take a shower, eat, sleep, wake up, rinse and repeat. There's very little time to actually do things... Um, that normal people do after work. It's hard to go to the gym. It's hard to fucking just go uh, decompress and talk to your significant other, whatnot, or get like a good fucking whatever you need to do to de stress, where it's working out, going for a jog becomes incredibly hard on a 12 hour shift because anything that you do for yourself for me time cuts into sleep time. And uh, one thing that some people Again, this bullet point number five is pretty controversial because some people actually like long work hours, such so long work days. Because um, typically, when I work now one in the city, uh, on short weeks, because we had short weeks and long weeks, on a short week, I would work 36 hours a week, which was three shifts, and that would give me four shifts, four days off. So that was definitely a plus. This one's a little controversial. You work three days on, and you get four a four-day weekend. On your next week, it would be called a long week, which meant I worked four days, which was 48 hours, 12-hour shifts each, and I had three days off. So even though I'm working four days and I'm working more than 40 in that week, I still get an extra day off compared to the normies. So this one, take this, definitely take this bullet point with a grain of salt. You work longer hours, but you work less days. Your work days, though, are super fucking long. However, that, again, is the minimum. Most paramedics, most EMTs, they pick up overtime. And again, this goes back with bullet point number four, not enough money. You need overtime uh, to make a living. You need double time to make a living. It's not that I want overtime, I want double time. It's more, I need double time, I need overtime so I can actually fucking pay rent. So you'll see... A lot of these overtime monsters in EMS, they'll work fucking five days straight, six days straight. That'll be like 60, 72 hours straight just so that they can fucking um, pay rent and live. Uh, another shitty thing, there's no no holidays. Obviously, this one's not just an EMS. It goes from um, anyone who pretty much works in the hospital or uh, police officers as well and firefighters. Uh, no holidays. That part... Yeah, that part is honestly not too bad because most companies will pay you um, holiday pay for that. The this and honestly, I never mind it working holidays either. This shit, this one goes out more for the people who work in um, 
EMS or they've been EMTs and paramedics for a long time and they've had families and stuff. Um, this is, again, this one's not too much of a bad con. It's just a shitty thing that they have to do. Um, like, let's say you work Christmas and that means you can't meet up with um, the family for Christmas. And let's say you actually have a family that you want to meet up with in Christmas. Most people in EMS who work during holidays, they get around this by just planning it. Like, oh, let's go celebrate the day before Christmas. Um, we'll have our Christmas the day before Christmas. We'll have our Thanksgiving the day before. We'll uh, have our New Year's or July 4th family gathering, whatnot, like the day after the day before. So it's definitely not something that you can't work around. It's just a little shitty, um, honestly, a little shitty thing uh, that you have to plan around. Um... So yeah, on to the next plot point, plot point number six. This one goes out for the Adrenaline Junkies. For the Adrenaline Junkies, the Adrenaline from Critical Calls, they are honestly not that fucking great. So I'm going to go more about my experience in the city because that's where I got more of my call volume, such where I worked more. Um, pretty much, I when I was working in the city, I worked a shift called Back Half Nights. Which meant I worked Thursday night, Friday nights, and uh, Saturday night on short weeks. Long weeks was Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Typically, on a Wednesday night, Thursday night, super fucking slow. Nobody hits the fucking club on Wednesday night, Thursday night. Ain't nobody fucking drunk driving on a Wednesday night or Thursday night or fucking getting turned and doing all their ecstasy and drugs and whatnot. On a Friday slash Saturday night, that's when shit hit the fucking fan. You, we pretty much had a balance. And the Wednesday, Thursday night was so slow, we can actually catch some sleep. But Friday night, Saturday night, shit hit the fucking fan. And typically on a Friday, Saturday night, we can expect one to two code three call. And what a code three means is critical call. Most calls in EMS are not that. So you'll uh, on a Friday, Saturday night, we can pretty much expect a minimum of six transports. A minimum. Max, we would probably get like eight. Eight transports, maybe one AMA, like eight transports, nine. Uh, the ninth call might be a fucking like AMA Uber to handle uh, bullshit. Um, for that, uh, so and out of those eight calls, at least one will be a critical call. One to two, because it's a night shift. It's usually we will usually get a fucking breather or a cardiac arrest in the morning. So if you put that into perspective. That means let's, again, for the adrenaline junkies, let's make it the best chance. So let's say two out of eight of your calls are critical calls. That's one out of four. That means three out of four calls, you're dealing with some bullshit drunk, some bullshit homeless. It's not that great. And here's the thing about critical calls that a lot of paramedics will disagree with, about me with. I'll probably say 70% of critical patients you get they don't need an ambulance. They just needed to get to the hospital super fast. The only time a paramedic will ever save a life is that they have to do something um, to deal with A or B. What that means is there's three letters in EMS. It's called ABC, airway, breathing, circulation. We don't do anything for circulation except for traumas, like a fucking tourniquet and whatnot. But what they, don't, they, what they really need more than a tourniquet is a surgeon. The only times that a paramedic ever saves a life is when they do something to deal with the patient's airway or breathing. And most critical calls don't have anything to do with that. There's very few stroke calls that turn into bad seizures where they actually need an OPA or NPA and they need to be bagged. Most stroke calls, they just need to get to the, um, a stroke center super quick. Most heart attacks, not cardiac arrest, heart attacks like STEMIs. They don't, all they need is aspirin. Anyone can give them fucking aspirin and uh, the fucking get to the uh, hospital fast. A lot of, most of your patients, they don't need you. That's cheating. A lot of paramedics, they like to pretend that they're fucking uh, paramedic gods, but honestly, the fact is they don't, uh, a lot of the patients, they don't need you. And onto the, sorry, this, I'm going on a segue, but onto the adrenaline part. So I'm going to say the, the, let's see. The most, the, the thing that has given me the most accomplishment I could say in my life is defeating all 13 data bosses in Kingdom Hearts 3 on critical mode. After that, I would probably say the next thing that gave me the most accomplishment in life would probably be getting this bitch's, this uh, nice shoddy's number 
back in high school, my boys were like, hey, you ain't gonna get our number, and I didn't even give a shit, I was just fucking shooting the shit, and I managed to get our number, those were, gave me the two most accomplished, the most I've ever felt accomplished in my life, was beating Kingdom Hearts 3 to date a Boston Critical Mode, and getting that Shawty's number, the third was when uh, we were in the city in 911, and there was this dead blue baby, and I was able to get her pulses back, her color back, and pretty much save this kid's life. Because again, I was dealing with airway and breathing. And why do I mention those other two irrelevant things, EMS? Because I because the adrenaline I felt after that kid call, compared to the adrenaline I felt after beating a uh, fucking young Xehanort or Master Xehanort on fucking Kingdom Hearts 3, was honestly about the same. Your adre- during the call... Or during your fighting that video game boss, your heart's racing, your catecholamines are going, you're fucking feeling like a badass, you're doing this call. And after the call, um, slash after you beat the, um, after you beat Master Zane or, or you beat Jozora, you feel so fucking happy. You feel so fucking happy and accomplished that you did it. Same thing when we got to the emergency room, I felt so accomplished, I felt so great. But at the end of the day, after you beat, you know, um, a video game boss, you kind of feel empty. Like, a lot of gamers will, uh, can actually empathize with that. They'll feel fucking empty. They're like, so what? I beat the boss. Now what? Now what I do? And I started realizing that after running more critical calls after critical calls, it kind of became more like, after I, w- I would, my heart would get racing. i definitely get the adrenaline. But after I finished the call, I'm like, well, whoop the fucking do. So what? What now? When's the next call? That accomplished feeling, that adrenaline feeling is very, very short-lived. And again, most of your calls aren't going to give you that. Most of the, uh, so you're, you're honestly just chasing from one high to the next high, and the high is not even that good. It's like a fucking, you're dopamine chasing, honestly. So on to plop, um, bullet point number seven, which uh, ties in um, bullet point number six a lot. Bullet point number six was a lot about the adrenaline junkies and don't fucking chase adrenaline, it's useless. Chase meaning in your life instead. Bullet point number seven, this is a shout out to the clout junkies. And the clout in EMS is not that great. Like, a lot of times people, like hell, there's all these fucking movies that paint police officers, uh, paramedics. Police officers, not as much anymore, um due to the events of the current, you know, world and right now. But they like, still likes to paint, the media likes to paint firefighters and paramedics as pretty much like these um, these cool, tall, sexy people in uniforms, these badass men who break down doors and save people from burning buildings and whatnot. Um, and that's what people see in the movies, but that's not how people really, you know, treat paramedics. And they shouldn't be treating paramedics and firefighters like these gods. You should just be treating them like, normal human beings because they are normal human beings doing a normal job don't treat them like shit don't put them on this great pedestal just treat them like human beings that's what my model is i mean um like hell it took until the fucking pandemic for people to start thanking their paramedics and first responders and how did they thank them by giving them fucking free mcdonald's like are you fucking serious like paramedics for the money that they get paid, they deserve to get more than fucking free McDonald's. If anything, it should be something healthy, like fucking free Whole Foods or uh, some other fucking liberal gentrifying crap, good, healthy, bullshit food. Um, so again, this goes out for like those young dudes who real who think, oh, maybe I should become an EMT or paramedic in the future. And they're thinking, oh, I'm going to pull, I'm going to get hella clout from this. I'm going to have a sexy uniform. I'm going to get hella bitches. That is, that does not fucking work. You go to the bar, you tell a girl you're a paramedic. That line honestly doesn't work that much. Um, the amount of bitches that I've been pulling pre pre paramedic card or pre and post paramedic card are the same. And honestly, if zero is the beginning and zero is the end, there ain't no fucking difference. So yeah, you're not going to be pulling all these bad fucking shoddy bitches in the club or anything. You're just pretty much going to be a dude who's making very little money to do a very hard job with a lot of um, responsibility. Okay, so that um, segues onto um, my next bullet point, bullet point number um, eight. 
This one is uh, not just for um, EMS. This can also go to doctors, but again, doctors get uh, they do get compensated well enough. It is the liability and the responsibility of the job. Now think about this. There's only two medical professionals who can call a time of death. Doctors and paramedics. Nurses cannot call time of death. Only paramedics and doctors. Now, that is a huge fucking um, responsibility. Time of death is not a medical term. If someone died uh, 48 hours ago, but their body was discovered now, you could say their time of death is now. Why? Because time of death is a legal term. That means you're a medical professional who can legally call someone fucking dead. And, like, regardless of just time of death, this is a good segue into... You have a huge amount of responsibility. I can't... I don't know if... Honestly, I don't know if any paramedic um, I've worked with or heard about getting sued. I've definitely heard about paramedics losing their jobs because they made um, some mistakes and went on in the job. But I haven't heard of any paramedic who was sued. Usually, like, the company will get sued. But that goes in that you have uh, a huge amount of responsibility. A lot of times... Um, you're really the only one there. A lot of times you can, you'll get a shitty fucking fire engine, like the shitty fire engine paramedic doesn't want to help you, or you just have a bad rapport with them, but you have a critical patient in front of you. So you're just saying, Hey, I don't want to argue with this fire paramedic. So he can fuck off fire guys. You're clear. I'll handle this critical patient to myself. Your partner can't help you because they're driving in the front. So a lot of times it's just you and one critical patient. Doctors and nurses, they don't understand it. Doctors and nurses, they get to have a huge fucking emergency room. They have access to the patient's right, the patient's left, the patient's head. They have a huge group of people. They have a scribe. A scribe, what a scribe is, is a fucking person who just stands there writing and time stamping everything. Paramedics, we don't do that shit. I, when I run cardiac arrest, I literally write the time on my fucking glove. I put down, oh, two minutes are up. Pulse check, rhythm check. Time to give epi. After pull shot, rim check, whether I give a shock or not, I fucking write that shit on my glove. There is so much responsibility as a paramedic. Your PCRs, which stands for patient care report, um, can get scrutinized incredibly. Like, oh, why didn't you do this treatment? Why didn't you do this treatment? For the most part, they aren't scrutinized that badly in my experience, but there definitely is that possibility. And again, doctors have to deal with this exact same thing. The difference is doctors actually do have to get malpractice insurance. Paramedics, for the most part, don't because usually it's the company that gets sued that the paramedic works under. For the most part. You can take that. I, I'm not completely knowledgeable about that. That's just from my experience. On to um, bullet point number nine. This was the shittiest part working about um, EMS, honestly. Bullet point number nine is sometimes you feel like you're not helping people. You're just billing them. Like, because again, private ambulance companies, they don't really care about people. They just want to, they, they just want to bill people to make money because it's capitalism. It's fucking America. And a lot of people, they don't want to pay the extra taxes to have a government ambulance. The difference between a government ambulance and a private ambulance, like, is that they'll both still bill you. The thing about most private ambulances, though, is that you better pay them because a lot of private ambulances, they'll have a, like a collection agency, uh, they'll pay a collection agency or whatnot, or they have a complete department full of administrative staff, just a full, a full department of admin staff who needs, a which are pretty much a bunch of useless bureaucrats who have to prove that they're worth something. So they'll chase you after your fucking money. And the average ambulance ride uh, cost, unfortunately, about fucking 3k. Uh, that's the base pay. They'll put like a $58 per mile and then they'll charge you if the paramedic did a 12 lead and IV gave you oxygen. They'll charge you for everything, including a fucking blanket. They'll charge you for everything. Um, and again, like what I said before, bullet point number six for the adrenaline junkies, a lot of these patients, they don't need you. So a lot of times you're just there and you're just there to fucking build them and it fucking sucks because you're like, oh shit, I don't want to like ruin this person's credit because again, Back to the aforementioned statement. A lot of them have collection... A lot of these private ambulances companies have collection agencies, which will ruin someone's credit if they don't pay. 
ruin their chances of getting a loan in the future, um, you know, and all that crap. So they can't, or ruin their chances of getting a credit card, uh, just because like uh, they call nine one one because they are freaking out. Fair enough. Um, this will go a little bit into a little bit of a story that I've um had a little bit of a segue. So this was when I was working in the city at nighttime. We got we get dispatched to um a pediatric call. I forgot what the dispatch was, but anyways, we get there. Uh, and we find the kid sitting on the mom's lap. He's doing a head bob. This is a fucking nighttime though. He's doing a head bob, so he looks tired. But I'm like, man, whatever. Just fucking nighttime. I want to fucking head bob and sleep too. What bothers me though is the kid is a little bit pale. No nasal. So when you look at your triangle, the kid's breathing is fine. There's no nasal flaring. He's breathing completely fine. He's just tired, which is bad for appearance. But again, this is nighttime and he's pale. Yeah, that's pale. I found out the chief complaint was that the mom called 911 because the kid had multiple episodes of a bloody nose and then he started to vomit blood. It's not vomit blood. He probably, he probably just swallowed a lot of blood and blood is actually a natural gastric irritant and he probably vomited that blood up. Shady thing was that he was um, all pale and crap. And so they called 911 because they were worried about that. And uh, originally, I wasn't too worried about the kid's tiredness until the mom... Because uh, this is like 3 in the fucking morning. Until the parents were all like, Oh yeah, our kid has a weird sleep schedule and shit due to like ADHD and a lot of energy and crap. He usually takes like little naps. And normally right now he'd be very energetic because he just had his nap. Uh, like a little bit. He had his nap and woke up and like had the bloody nose and vomiting. Sort of. He is, wouldn't be just tired. He, he just woke up from his nap. So I'm like, oh fucking shit. And... Back to the insurance thing. So the mom and dad, their thing was that unfortunately they just had insurance and they were just scammed actually. They had fake insurance and found out they were scammed out of a lot of money. So at the time that they called 911, they had no insurance. Um, their bills were coming up. Uh, I believe only one of them was working at the time because I forgot if the dad or mom, one of them was recently laid off of their job. So they, they definitely could not afford a, a sudden surprise of a $3,000 bill. And then, originally, I was going to be like, tell them, hey, drive to the hospital yourself. The hospital will give you a bill, but at least you don't have to deal with an ambulance bill on top of that. Um, but then when, because uh, so, I felt really bad, like, I was like, like this kid, uh, he, he kind of needs to be transported because he's fucking pale. But, like, this family can't fucking deal with that bill. Um, and then... But when they mentioned, oh shit, he's tired after just having a nap and he's not supposed to be that tired. I'm like, fuck, there's too many, there's too much fucking factors out here. Now I need to fucking transport him because in case if he's tired because he's losing blood, he can crump and um, he can totally crump and he would actually need a fucking ambulance. Um, I was just like, oh fuck, we got to transport him. So we ended up transporting the kid to the hospital. He was completely fine. He played with my Nintendo Switch, um, during the entire time. I would, when I was a paramedic in the city, I would bring my Nintendo Switch. And then I would just fucking play for the pediatric patients that were pretty stable. Just play Fortnite with them and shit. Like, keep them busy and crap. Um, it was all honestly like a good thing. The, um, that was a good thing that test how awake a kid is are they responsive to the environment because i can look at the screen be like all right are they moving to character fine there's a lot of motor skills slash neural assessments that you could honestly see from someone playing a video game like are they interacting with their virtual re virtual environment fine only thing you can't really tell uh is like brocus of brocus aphasia like if there's any expressive shit but that's like whatever the kid's not gonna have a stroke but anyways the kid was fine we brought him to the hospital and whatnot but i just remember like feeling so fucking bad that i had to transport him kid they definitely had to be transported uh like but um with my mindset in the beginning with those factors of a pale kid who's doing a head bob who's acting a lot more tired when he shouldn't be should have been transported, 100%. But the shitty thing is I, I definitely felt like shit for doing it, for having to transport them and knowing that they're going to get this shitty, huge bill. And I'm not a social worker. I'm a paramedic. Obviously, a lot of times people call paramedics when they need a social worker. But it's not like we fucking know the social worker shit. I don't know if they're 
going to get that medical help, um, if you're going to fucking, if someone's going to pay for them and crap, if they're not, if they're going to be able to eat, pay rent, you know, all that stuff. Like, a lot of times when people refuse a 911 call, because they're like, a lot of times paramedics, you talk to a patient, they're refusing transport because they don't want to pay a bill, and then a paramedic will just be all like, hey man, it's just money, man, your life's more important than money. Like, a lot of times, no. Because you don't, the worst thing about dying is living in debt, honestly. Uh, that's something that this pandemic has definitely taught a lot of fucking people. Um, so yeah, that pretty much hits uh, all nine of my bullet points. Um, if, and again, I don't, uh, I'm not a fucking five-year medic. I'm a two-year medic, so that means I only had my feet wet. I don't have my abs wet. So, if another paramedic fucking tells you something different, again, take my shit with a grain of salt. Um, I am going to be uploading some more videos about uh, paramedicine for any of you idiots, stupid fucking idiots out there who, who did not listen to my advice in this video to leave, leave and never fucking turn back. If you uh, still make the decision to fucking want to get into um, EMS as a career, you should definitely do EMT for a little while. It's still teaching you a lot of shit. But if you want to, if you uh, don't heed my warning and be that fucking cloud chasing idiot or adrenaline chasing idiot who wants to be a paramedic, I will make a couple other videos out there just to help out those other people who, who are definitely going to struggle through paramedic school and being working as a paramedic just like I have because, um, again, unless you're a surfer bro or a bar bartender, you're not going to be good at this job. You're not going to be talented at this job. So I'm going to make a little videos like here and there, steps to be a paramedic, how to run calls and some uh, funny stories and um, whatnot. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to listen to this shitty fucking paramedic who doesn't know crap about anything. And stay safe.